Find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. Welcome to the Brutal, Bizarre, and Boozy podcast. I'm Declan, the son. And I'm Jane, the mom. This is the podcast where we talk about brutal crimes, bizarre occurrences, and get you drunk with cocktails themed around one of our stories. To lighten things up, we'd like to end our time with a chaser. Please keep in mind some of our stories might be upsetting to young or sensitive ears. We love hearing from our listeners, so feel free to contact us by email or social media. You can find our contact info in the show notes for this episode. If you'd like to support us through Patreon, you can find us there at Brutal, Bazaar, and Boozy Podcast, or use the link in our show notes. Hi, I'm Molly. And I'm Abigail. We're sisters. And we believe in ghosts. Welcome to Supernatural Sisters, a podcast all about ghostly encounters, bone-chilling monsters, and basically anything that goes bump in the night. Each week, we talk about a haunted place, a legendary monster, or a story that sends shivers down our spine. And maybe we'll talk about the pottery scene from Ghost. He's not a ghost in that scene. There are other parts of that movie where he's a ghost. Subscribe wherever you get podcasts. And remember, we, we believe you. Well, Declan, what story do you have for me and all, all our listening friends? I'm going to be talking about the Loch Ness Monster, or Nessie. Nessie. I'm excited, because you know we're part Scottish, so this is like back to our roots. Let's go find out about <laughs> Nessie. What are you going to be telling us about today, Mom? I am going to be telling you about a serial killer in Macedonia, and in researching this, I learned that Macedonia used to be part of Yugoslavia, so which I did not know before. Uh, but the drink that I brought today to go with this story is called the toilet water drink. It is a very appropriately named drink based on some details of the story that we will discuss. Uh, so to make this drink, it is uh, adapted from a punch recipe. So I calculated, I tried to make things calculate out to a normal cocktail size. So basically it's five ounces of 7-Up or Sprite, two ounces of vodka, one ounce of Berry Blue Gatorade or Powerade. Basically you just want blue. Uh, a third of an ounce of uh, Cointreau or Triple Sec, and the steps are to mix all the ingredients in a glass with ice. So. Okay. Here we have our little blue drink. Yes. Let's give it a try. It just tastes like 7-Up. Yeah, that's pretty fucking good. It's tasty. It would be a good drink to take to like a barbecue or a party, but it would be dangerous because it just tastes like 7-Up. Oh, kids would drink Mm -hmm. that and get messed up. And then everybody'd be like, why are the kids all messed up? Well, it, they drank the blue drink. Oh, don't do that. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. So the the name of the drink is important because of details of the story. One of the big things of the story happened in a toilet room. And I'll get to that towards the end of the story, but... When I saw the name of the drink, I was like, I have to do this drink because it's so perfectly named. Mm -hmm. 
The story is about Vlado Tanesky. He was born in 1952 in Kachevo, which at the time was a city in Yugoslavia, and the area later became known as Macedonia, which not a uh, geographical genius here didn't know that they were one and the same, but they are. He was the middle child of three with an older sister and a younger brother. His parents were described as disciplinarians, and it was suspected that he had a bad relationship with his mother. His father was a World War II veteran who worked in a sawmill after the war, and his mother was a cleaner. Now, some reports, all the reports of this explain that she, say that she was a cleaner, but some people, some of the reports uh, or some of the sources that I looked at said a cleaner was also a caretaker. I don't know, but her occupation uh, as a cleaner came up several times because so were the victims in the story. Tineski were, the studied, victims were cleaners too? Yes, hmm. they were. Interesting. Tineski studied journalism in Croatia and eventually moved back to Kachevo. When he was 21 years old, he met Vesna, who later became his wife for 31 years. The couple had two children as well during their marriage. Tineski worked for a couple of newspapers as a freelance writer in Kachevo, and his wife was an attorney. People described Tineski as low-key, soft-natured, and quiet. In the early 2000s, his parents died. His father killed himself, and his mother died a few months later from a potential accidental medication overdose. There was some speculation that maybe it wasn't accidental, but I don't think they had any like evidence to say that it was anything but that. So, In hindsight, some experts speculate his parents' deaths were the triggers for his crimes. In 2004, Tineski's wife got a promotion and she moved to another city with future plans for the two of them to live together. According to her, she said, after all this came down, that yes, she moved away, but it was always the plan for him to move to that city with her. It just hadn't happened by the time all of the shit went down. Uh, she said they often spent their weekends together, so it wasn't that they were separated or getting divorced or anything like that. In November of that year, 2004, Mitra Siminyoska was 64 years old, and she disappeared after going to the market. I'm going to apologize now that I may have butchered her name, but I'm trying. This is not my... This language is not my first language, and so I'm just going with what kind of I heard from other sources. Anyway, about two months later, in January 2015, 2005, her deceased body was found. She was naked, wrapped in plastic, and stuffed in a hole near a construction site. She had been strangled, bound with telephone cord, tortured, and raped. It appeared that she had only been dead less than two weeks. Vlada wrote articles about Mitra's missing persons case. 
A few months after Mitra's body was found, two men were arrested for Mitra's death and the murder of another person. So it was this like weird circumstance that these, that police arrested these two men. There was, had been another death. These guys confessed to the other murder, but not to Mitra's murder. They were like, yeah, we did this murder, but we didn't do her murder. And I think the other victim was a male. So they were like, yeah, we killed that guy, but we didn't kill that lady. They got convicted anyway. And Vlado wrote several articles regarding the trial, claiming that the two men were wrongly convicted. So he was, you know, preaching their innocence. Apparently, he found evidence that the men were actually in prison at the time of Mitra's murder. I don't know how a journalist finds that and the police don't, but that was the information that I found. In November 2007, another woman went missing after going to the store. Her name was Lubika Lakoska, and she was 56 years old. She was also a cleaner. Her body was found almost three months later in February 2008 at a road sto- roadside stop. Her body was found in similar condition to Mitra's body, naked, wrapped in plastic, and tied with telephone cable. She had also been strangled, tortured, and raped. She had only been dead a few days, according to the reports. So she'd been missing for about three months, but was not deceased that long, according to the experts. DNA samples were collected from both bodies, and they were similar to each other. In early May 2008, 65-year-old Zivana Temelkowska disappeared. She was found dead a little over a week later and had died under the same circumstances as the previous two women. Her body was in a trash dump area wearing just a robe. So she wasn't naked except for the robe. Zavanna had several head wounds and broken ribs. All of the women had been raped and strangled using phone cords. During the times of these disappearances and murders, Tanesky wrote articles for the local newspapers. He wrote that there was a serial killer in the city and he gave specific details regarding the women's deaths. The problem with the details was that the police had not released them to the public. So, of course, they're like, how do you know? Yeah. Like, how does he know this information? So, of course, they're taking a look at him, and they interviewed him a couple of times, about a month later, in, on June 20th, 2008, Tanesky was arrested for two of the murders with charges on the third murder still pending. They were intending to charge him. Law enforcement conducted a search of his family's cottage and found evidence linking him to the victims, including some of the victims' personal items like clothing, as well as ropes and cords that matched the ones used to tie the victims the telephone cords and cables that all the victims had been tied and strangled with. He had that cordage and cabling in his house. So Plus, was he using the same cord or did he just have a bunch of telephone cords? I think cords? he just had a bunch of it. 
because okay. they found the the telephone cables or cords, whatever you want to call it. They found that on their bodies when they found them, and they found identical stuff in his house when they searched his house. Okay. Plus, they found his DNA in the victims as well. So, investigators had some concerns about another missing woman that had they were intending to question him about. So, in May 2003, 73-year-old Gorica Pavleski went missing. She was also a retired cleaner. So, all of these women were cleaners or retired. She was a similar age and shared the same job as the other murder victims. There were no leads in her disappearance and her body has not been found. Unfortunately, those questions didn't get answered. Because three days after his arrest, on June 23rd, Tineski's dead body was found by his cellmates in the toilet room of the prison. So how it was described in one of the sources was that basically there was like a cell room and then a separate kind of partitioned room that was the toilet area. So there was a little bit of privacy and his cellmates found him in that toilet room area of the prison. Thus the name toilet water drink. Uh, They found him in there. His body was wedged between the radiator and the sink with his head in a bucket full of water. Yeah. Yeah. His death was ruled a suicide. He left a handwritten note claiming his innocence, though. So he said, I didn't kill these women. But. So, I mean. But I'm just going to drown myself in a bucket of I'm water. Gonna, yeah, I'm going to drown myself How in a you, bucket of water. I don't think. That, uh, right? That doesn't make any sense to me. It It doesn't. But. There's so many questions that don't make sense. So he he writes a handwritten note saying, I'm innocent. I didn't kill these women. But then he goes and he dunks his head in a bucket full of water. I mean, in these other countries, there's a certain amount of like, I don't want to embarrass my family. So that kind of thing, I think. So there's, you know, this like, I got to make a show of things. But then also... He had cellmates with him in that, you know, they were around the corner, essentially, is what I understood from the description. So they're around the corner. I don't know. It just seems super weird. But then he his body was wedged so tightly that the people that found him were worried that they were going to, like, break bones in order to get him out of that. Like he was wedged between the radiator and the, I mean, it was just like, how do you get yourself in that position? You don't do it on accident. Your head is in a bucket of water. So I don't know, super weird circumstances. Regardless, all of the murders they said he did, his DNA was found on the victim's The telephone cords were found at his house. So there you go. That's weird. It's it's super weird. And it's such a weird way to commit suicide. I don't know. I mean, 
I guess you, if, if you're in a position where you feel like suicide is your only answer, you do what you have to do to complete your task. But I don't know. I just don't know. So before I move on to my story, I'm going to yes. do a non a pre non chaser chaser. Oh, so pre okay. Also talking about serial killers. Uh, recently, Ooh. an article just came out that there may be one in Portland, Oregon. So, if you're one of our Oregonian listeners, then especially women under the age of 40 be careful cuz six uh women have been their bodies have been discovered all within really? like 3 miles of each other yeah oh shit i and hadn't ages, heard about that ages are 22 32 24 31 and 22 wow yeah so everyone in portland be careful or keep your eye out or something but Everyone be careful yeah, I saw everywhere. that this morning and I was like, oh, wow. that might be interesting to talk about, but I didn't have the yeah. full story yet because it's still an investigation. But I would say that doesn't qualify as a chaser because that's not an uplifting story and doesn't good. change yeah. the palette. <laughs> no, yeah, but it's it definitely that's something that people should be aware of. throw it in before the chaser. Yeah, just some Oh, yeah, quick for sure. Flash. Wow. So you're going to tell us about Nessie? Nessie. Okay. So the Loch Ness, located in the Scottish Highlands, is one of the most beautiful and intriguing bodies of water on Earth. What sets it apart from other lakes in mythology that has captured the imagination of people worldwide? The legend of the Loch Ness Monster, also known as Nessie. The history of the Loch Ness Monster dates back to ancient times, with accounts of water-dwelling creatures prevalent in Scottish folklore. However, it wasn't until the 20th century that Nessie gained international attention. In 1933, a sensational news report captured the world's imagination, claiming that a couple had spotted an enormous creature crossing uh, the, the road near Loch Ness. So... These people saw it on land. They didn't see it in the water, which is very what? interesting. If many people think that it's like a dinosaur. I don't think the dinosaurs back then were amphibious. I think they were primarily like the plesiosaur or whatever it is that they think yeah. that it would be. But I might be getting my head. Wow. Up here. <laughs> Wild. Since then, countless individuals have come forward with their own sightings and encounters. One of the most famous sightings occurred on April 14, 1933, when George Spicer and his wife witnessed an unusual creature while driving near the lock. They described it as a large, long-necked animal resembling a plesiosaur, a prehistoric marine reptile. So it doesn't, if it's a reptile and it's underwater, I think that means 
that it's not I amphibious. Don't I don't know. I don't know much about dinosaurs. I don't, I don't know those distinctions. Their account sparked widespread interest, and the media frenzy surrounding Nessie had begun. Throughout the years, numerous photographs and videos have claimed to capture evidence of the elusive creature. One of the most iconic images is the uh, surgeon's photograph taken by Robert Kenneth Wilson in 1934. This photograph appeared to show the head and long neck of a plesiosaur-like dinosaur rising out of the water. It became an enduring image associated with the Loch Ness Monster. And that's the one that you see where it's like kind of grainy black and white photo with like a long neck. Yeah. So everyone's seen that. If you know about the Loch Ness Monster, everyone's seen it. That's Yeah. If you've seen a picture of Nessie, it's probably that one. So sadly, in 1994, it was revealed to be a hoax uh, created by Robert Wilson and his stepbrother. So What a dick. <laughs> While the Sturgeon's photograph... I keep saying Sturgeon. While the Sturgeon's photograph may have been debunked, it did not diminish the fascination with the Loch Ness Monster. In fact, it led to an increase in expeditions and scientific investigations to uncover the truth behind the legend. Sonar sonar surveys, underwater cameras, and even DNA analysis have been employed in the search for evidence of Nessie's existence. Despite numerous scientific investigations, no conclusive evidence has been found to prove or disprove the, the existence of the Loch Ness Monster. Some theories propose that Nessie could be a surviving dinosaur, while others suggest it might be a large eel or uh, some other undiscovered species. Skeptics argue that many sightings can be attributed to misidentifications of natural phenomena, such as floating floating logs or waves caused by boats and things like that. So I could see that as an explanation of something that you see at the water level. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you see like a, a log floating in the middle of the lake, it's like, yeah. Oh, it, it's probably like very far away. So you can only see like a little bit of it and your, your right. mind could automatically go to, oh, sea monsters. Right. And it's just a lump, but something that's sticking out of the water like that, I don't, I don't know that I would be like, oh, yeah, that's a log. You're like, mm, no, that's a sea monster. Technically, the Loch Ness is, I mean, it's not a sea monster, but because it's not a sea, is it? I don't know. It'd be a, it's not a sea. A Loch Monster. <laughs> I guess that's yes, why it's called the Loch Ness Monster. Right. Okay. Uh, over the years, Nessie has become an integral part of popular culture. The legend has inspired numerous books, films, and documentaries, captivating audiences worldwide. The Loch Ness Monster has also become a significant tourist attraction, with thousands of visitors flocking to the area every year in hopes of catching a glimpse of the elusive creature. While the mysteries of the Loch Ness Monster remain unsolved, it continues to capture our imaginations and ignite our curiosity. Whether Nessie is a mythical creature or a real biological phenomena, the allure of all the unknown keeps the legend alive. 
I want to go. I, I want to see. I don't think the Loch Ness Monster is real, but what do I know? I've never no? been there. I don't think I even if it was a surviving dinosaur, there's no way it could have lived this long living. In yeah, a, for sure. I'm assuming a lock is like a lake, but I don't really know. I guess I've never so, seen a lock. I think I've oh, okay. heard from previous stories that it's like it's a lake, but they think there might be an underground channel that goes to the ocean, but I don't know. So the definition of a lock is an arm of the sea, especially when narrow or partially landlocked. So I think it technically is connected to the sea somehow. (gasps) So it is a sea monster. I think it would be a sea monster. See, that just shows that I don't know shit. Neither did I. I don't know what a lock is or how it got there or what it's from, what the water makeup is. Sounds like it might be a the the Scottish version of a bay. Oh, okay. That picture that's showing bay like things where it's like a okay, and it it, a cut in from the ocean that the ocean made its way up there. So it might be partially brackish, but I don't know. Probably depends. Maybe one of our listeners could explain it to me more. Sea locks. Okay. Cool. Interesting. Oh, something, for yeah, so it new. says similar things would be fjords, estuaries, straits, or bays. So yeah, it okay. is connected to the ocean. So that make that would make sense on why it could have survived that long, I guess. It just that's where it nests or something. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm more convinced now. I'm slowly convincing myself. Yeah. <laughs> but I have feel you... like they would have found it by now. Have you seen the pictures and any when you were researching this the the suggestion that it's a whale penis? Uh, uh-uh, I did not see that. <laughs> I I was reading that recently that some scientists think that it's a um, an erect whale penis, and then they showed pictures of erect whale penises. I don't know how you would pluralize that, but are you you're looking at a picture? I see you looking something up, right? Maybe I don't know. Kind of looks weird. Yeah, but that what? Yeah, I think you'd be able to tell that's not something's head. I don't know. Yeah, I right the. The picture of the whale penis is tapered, where like the pictures of Nessie, it's more rounded, like more like a brontosaurus shape head. I don't know. Wow. Do you have a chaser to go with your story? Uh, I do have a chaser. Oh, I think tell me your chaser. A little bit late, though, since I think it'll probably be out of the movies by now. But the my chaser is the machine movie. The machine. The I figured machine you were going to do that. Yeah. I out think of the it, theaters or not, watch it. 
stream it. Yes. If it's not in the theaters, if it's in the theaters, go see it. If it's not, stream it, find it. It's good. It's funny. It's a great movie. And if it does yeah. well, then that means that there's going to be more comedy movies like that. Because I'm sure everyone noticed there's oh. no good comedy movies anymore. Like, no, okay, yeah. I should say no raunchy comedy movies. There's a lot of like, oh, chuckle movies, but nothing like, oh, God, I shouldn't be laughing at this. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's true. There yeah. were a few spots in that movie that were like, <laughs> oh, but that's good. I like challenging what's funny. Yeah, I don't I don't want to go with the status quo of what's supposed to be funny. If it makes me laugh, it's fucking funny. And that's fine. And if it doesn't make you laugh, that's fine. That's your taste, not mine. But don't get in the way of me having a laugh. Exactly. No, that's a good that's a good chaser. I I really liked watching that movie with you. Yeah. So. And apparently if it does well, then him and Tom Segura are going to be greenlit for a movie together called Fat Astronauts. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I so will hopefully be anxiously it does well. That's awaiting why I want that. everyone to watch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Have right, you heard how it did the first oh. week? Like, I yeah. So I just looked up some. Uh, so he spent twenty million, give or between twenty and thirty million for the movie, and it made uh, eight point seven million in the box office. So not great. But that was just the first weekend because it just came out, right? It's only been a week. By True, the time we're recording also, this, it just uh, came out a week ago. It's also um, on Memorial Day, though. It oh. came out on like Memorial Weekend, which is really big yeah. for movies. So, Well, I don't know how that could be because most people are out camping. They're in the wilderness. It's fine. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm gonna, it, I'm hopefully have it does a positive well streaming or something. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably buy okay. it when it comes to Amazon or whatever, but Oh yeah. What's your chaser for us, mom? My chaser is uh, an article I found on a restaurant in New York. It was super interesting. It was super cool. So there's a restaurant in New York. The name of it is Enoteca Maria. And hmm. the chefs are not traditional chefs. So the people in the back in the kitchen making your food are grandmothers from different cultures and countries across the world. So they make their like grandma food. Traditional they make recipes. their traditional yeah. dishes the way that they would make it, the way that they have always made it. And they rotate like there's different countries you know like el salvador and i can't remember all the countries that were listed there were a lot of countries listed but essentially it's grandmothers cooking the food and they've been open for years and doing well apparently so if you said you're in new york yeah if you're a listener in new york and you've been to this restaurant please write us or email us or reach out to us on Instagram. I'd like to know what your experience was. Cause I think it's super cool. Like they, the, the women said, we're not chefs. We're just cooking the food. Like we would normally cook in our own kitchen and we're giving it to people. Cause we love to cook, which is pretty That's cool. awesome. 
I want to yeah. eat there. That sounds delicious. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's my chaser. I think that wraps up our short little episode here. It I'm does. But that the toilet suicider. Oh my gosh. I know. Wild, right? <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. I love you, Mom. I love you too. Bye. Bye. Hey, friends. Thank you for supporting our podcast. Please share our show with your brutal and bizarre friends. Give us a boozy follow on your favorite podcast platform. If you're feeling extra generous, we'd appreciate a five-star rating or review as well. But maybe do that sober so all the letters are in the right place. You can find all our contact information in the show notes. We love hearing from you, and if you're interested in helping us stock the bar for our future boozy episodes, you can find our Patreon link in the show notes as well.